Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk. Happy Hour Radio, sponsored by Mary Hill Winery. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Well, hello, hello, and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I am your host, Christopher Chan, advanced sommelier, your master mixologist, commodore of cocktails, and of course, your weekend wine guy. Thanks for joining me Saturday here at 6 o'clock on 570 KBI. This is our new time. This is our time where you can pour a glass of wine, beer, uh, shake up a cocktail, have some great food, relax, and enjoy a conversation with world-class winemakers, distillers, brewers, chefs, and educators from all around the world. And today I'm excited. Uh, it is Washington Wine Month, uh, and Taste Washington is at the end of the month, but we're going to take a, a diversion and uh, get a little sun down in sunny Sonora. Sonoma, California, and uh, meet with uh, one of the, well, premier families of Sonoma Valley, and that's the Benzinger family. And the Benzinger family winery, I've got one of the seven brothers uh, uh, who are partners in Benzinger, and uh, Christopher Benzinger, welcome to Happy Hour. Hey, thank you, Christopher. Uh so you are the youngest of the seven brothers, and you're yeah. now one of the partners. Yeah, actually, it's uh, it's it's four. I got two sisters. If I don't mention oh. them, they're going to get really mad at me. <laughs> All right, ladies. Hello, ladies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so I'm the youngest. Uh, uh, yeah, we have nepotism run amok there. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, not a bad thing because then you, you, unless you're you can trust them, right? I figure you can. There's no, you know, and it's jealousy uh, and it's fun working with your family. The the bottom line is we actually we all actually all get along. That's uh, the, it helps that we ply ourselves with wine. But, yes, uh, uh, that's the lubricant yeah. for uh, the truth, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cabernet, Caber- Cabernet ca- uh, Confessions, right? Uh, I like that. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's step back. Let's talk about Ben Ziger Winery. You're in uh, Sonoma, and tell me more. So we're in the little town of Glen Ellen, which is a really cool spot right up on, on Sonoma Mountain. And if you were to kind of take a big view of, of, of Sonoma County, Sonoma Mountain is one of the major geological features of southern Sonoma County. It's a big freestanding volcano, and we're about halfway up on that volcano. If you were to kind of cup your hands, it's kind of what it looks like. It's a little hanging valley hmm. uh, nestled out of this old volcano, an extinct one, we hope. Um, but it's one of the most beautiful spots. Uh, when my brother found it back in, um, he was hunting for property back in the uh, 70s, he had that epiphany when he came down the driveway and said, man, this is this is the spot. And uh, so uh, my father, my family was living on the East Coast back then. We had a distributorship back there that my grandfather and father had. My brother didn't. That like was s- wine. You mean wine, wine and wine and, um, and, Liquor. and liquors too. Uh-huh. Yeah, a lot of scotches back then. It was kind of the brown liquor era. You know, the fifties, sixties, seventies. California wine was just starting to get bub- uh, kind of bubbled to the forefront. You remember the uh, the um, the Paris tastings and all that stuff. Sure. So um, my brother had moved out to California. He really was interested in wine and. He got bit by that wine bug and started to work at a winery in the Livermore Valley called Stony Ridge. It wasn't a very good winery. They used to call it the Reform School for Grapes. So did your did your family uh, um, well immigrate to the East Coast from some other place? or From did... Switzerland originally. Oh, really? Yeah, but we're a few generations. I okay. uh, think like three generations. I was going to ask where the name came from. Yeah, so right dead center Switzerland. But um, going back, so he got bit by the wine bug, and he, the property he was at wasn't very good, so he'd spend his weekend looking 
uh, for property down in Monterey or up into the Amador Hills, way up in Mendocino. We almost bought a place up by Philo and Anderson Valley, which would have been interesting. Um, but eventually, we, yeah, we stumbled on this gorgeous piece of property in Glen Ellen. And this place was, was first settled in the 1860s. It was owned by the King of Spain, then General Vallejo. Then he gave it to this German immigrant named Julius Wegner, who turned it into a little town called Wegnerville. Then the 06 earthquake, Prohibition, and Phylloxera, the widow Wagner locked the gate, and for 50 years it was a ghost town. Then this crazy doctor bought it. He was a little bit ahead of his time. He grew marijuana there, made a wine called Cannabis Sauvignon. I kid you not. No way. It was the ultimate food wine. You'd have a glass, you'd eat anything. Eat that way. Ah, that's cute. Yeah. Tell me more. Yeah, so then my brother uh, stumbled on the property. Um, uh, From the it, cannabis wine, he stumbled? Yeah, I, the rumors of the good doctor were, were uh, all over the place. Wafting through the air. Yeah, exactly. So uh, he convinced the doctor to sell the property and um, calls my father up and says, Hey, Dad, I think I found this great piece of property. And remember the, uh, that old sitcom, The Beverly Hillbillies? Of course I we do. Were the, we were the New York version of that. We moved Instead of moving from the country to the city, we moved from the city to the country. Kind of Green Acres-esque. And uh, that was 1980. We, 13 of us in the first wave. And we started to kind of hack back uh, the bushes and establish that old winery that was back in the 1860s, this beautiful va- hanging valley. Built the winery with our hands and um, started the family business. That was 35 years ago. Wow. Well, congratulations. 35 years uh, is a good amount of history in our West Coast. In California, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And what was cool is every winery back then was a family-owned operation. You could talk to the Cundies, uh, the Sebastianis, go over the hill, the Mandavis, the Sagatios. And unfortunately, there's not a lot of family operations left anymore. A lot of them have sold out for for all different reasons, all of them good. Yeah. well, Constellation's not a family name. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've had, yeah, yeah, I'm being watched. Australia, yeah. <laughs> maybe. Um, but you know, it's that 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 passion. You, know, you gotta. I believe that the family farm. You gotta have that passion. There's that great saying that the the French have is the best impression a winemaker can leave on his wines is his footprints in the vineyard. So we believe that you got to be a farmer first and foremost. Well, speaking of farming, um, yeah. you've taken a great strides in, in California as a leader in actually around the world. Tell us of what's unique about Benziger. Well, we farm biodynamically, which is um, it's a big word, but it basically think of it as kind of um, the Rolls Royce of organic farming, if you will. It's kind of a holistic method of farming, not the Prius where it's all you know <laughs> earth friendly and car low carbon emissions. The Rolls Royce, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I should say, yeah, probably better. I better change that uh, that uh, that sampling there. But basically, what it is, instead of pushing nature out with chemicals, we kind of invite nature in with nature, and this idea of of self regulating systems using uh, gardens called insectaries that attract that have plants that attract predatory insects that go out and eat the bad bugs in the vineyard uh, closed systems basically composting using cover crop as your form of of uh, bringing fertility back into the vineyard animals um, for their uh, manures and their grazing uh, eliminating mildew pressure following natural cycles of both the moon and solar cycles you know um, and then uh, using the biodynamic preparations all these things are there to bring authenticity to the site and into the wine. And that's really what biodynamics is, is think of it as a management system for authenticity. Cause, and the reason is, is you're getting the roots to dig deep down, 
through the subsoil into that regolith, that fractured bedrock. In, in Sonoma's case, it's volcanics. You know, if it was burgundy, it would be the Kimmeridgian limestone. But the idea is to get the roots deep down into that regolith zone, that fra- fractured bedrock, and get the true flavors of the site. How far is that bedrock down there in Well, Sonoma? you know, it, it all depends. Where we are, it's like a geological lasagna because it's on the slope of volcano with all the eruptions, you know, red aggregate, oh, right. black ash, welded tufa, basalt. But that's probably maybe a foot to a foot and a half underneath the topsoil. But the roots want to stay in the topsoil if you feed them there. Sure. If you look at a root, uh, matter of fact, um, John Reganall out of the University of Washington here, he's done some fantastic uh, soil studies about getting the roots to get out of that topsoil and get into that, that lower levels, that, that fractured bedrock. Because that's, that's the only where you're going to get that terroir of that site. That's real terroir down yeah. deep. So you got to go deep. and uh, Dig deep. Speaking of deep, we're deep into Sonoma, the heart of Sonoma Valley, and speaking with Christopher Benziger, uh, part of the family, the Benziger family. Their winery is in the town of Glen Ellen. And if you want to check us out on uh, the internet, go to benziger.com, B-E-N-Z-I-G-E-R, Dot com. You guys are leaders in biodynamic farming, and uh, I, I know that that, um, that pra- practice has translated outside of Sonoma and into many different areas of California. Well, it pretty much came over from, from Europe. You know, you got some of the, the big houses. I mean, Domaine Romani Conti, La Fleve, Leroy. Biodynamique. Yeah. Um, Zunhimbrick, uh, uh, Chapoutier, all those all guys. All families, too, by the way. It, it, it's, there's that, there's that, that connection. You got to kind of- With the soil. There's that kind of that estate growing concept. You got to be in your vineyards. That's really important. It is be, important because you you have to be um, a proactive farmer. You know, you kind of have to read the book of nature, if you will, because you can't go if you have a problem. You can't go out and nuke the North Forty. You can't be reactive. <laughs> you know, and chemicals are kind of like nuclear weapons at some point <laughs> for uh, pests and uh, weeds and such. But uh, they certainly do. The, the soil is living, and that's why uh, great things grow from it. And, and, and that's that's the whole key is this having this uh, proprietary biology in your soil to help the feed the grapevine, and um, and get a little bit of those minerals in there in there and, and give that uh, the grapes that. Um, their authenticity, like I said before. Well, I'm excited to learn more about the wines and uh, 35 years. Well, happy birthday, happy anniversary Thank you. Uh, for Ben Ziger. So, um, tell me how many wines you produce, and uh, you know, kind of what's uh, what's what's shaking out there. Yeah, so I have I have more or less seven wines that you guys can get. Uh, four of them really uh, are are readily available. Your core wines, the yeah. core wines, core four as we call them. Um, there's a Sauvignon Blanc that I love, a, a great Chardonnay that comes primarily from the Canaros area, uh, and then a Merlot and Cabernet from the Mayacamas bench, mm. um, and then we have a wonderful Sonoma Coast Pinot Noir, and then a single vineyard Pinot Noir, and then our Tribute, which is our our um, icon wine, if you will, our, our, our top wine. Tribute is a tribute to my mom and dad, who unfortunately passed away, and that's 100% from our state vineyard, the very first biodynamic wine in Sonoma County. Uh, it's a lovely postcard you have of, of your picturesque site. Um, Come and visit. they can find it. I would love to. <laughs> Benziger.com. Uh, well, let's jump into the wine here. I've got a white wine in front of me. It's the 2012 uh, North Coast Sauvignon Blanc. So you're probably purchasing grapes uh, a little north of you. Yeah, so uh, the um, it's a Mendocino vineyard in there, Ron Bartolucci, organic vineyard. There's three vineyards primarily in the Sauvignon Blanc. They are um, uh, riverbed vineyards. We love those because you have great drainage. But also a little fertility in there, so we get a bigger than normal canopy. We tuck the grapes underneath the canopy to shield it from the sun, mm-hmm. so the grapes are, are green, keeping that acidity alive in the wine. Harvest them at night, whole cluster press, 
right into stainless steel for fermentation. After the, um, we rack it off the gross lees and then we move the wine over to 50 gallon stainless steel barrels on the fine lees <clears throat> for batonnage. And that gives it a little bit of a uh, creaminess. So I'm kind of shooting for Sancerre here uh, in style. Obviously, we're, we're New World Winery, but we, we love that. Matter of fact, my mom was a big Sancerre fan, and mom goes to my brother Mike, who's a winemaker, and goes, why can't you make a wine like this? So that's <laughs> what, you know, and what mama wants, mama gets, right? So that's what we tried it for here is this kind of beautiful kind of um, minerality, uh, light on the grapefruit, but great acidity. Kind of a double play wine because you can have it with oysters. You can have it with uh, kind of heated up food, you know, maybe roasted peppers, you know, something with a little bit of heat to it. But also you can pound it on the patio too. <laughs> uh, I'm enjoying this class of 2012 Ben Ziger uh, Sauvignon Blanc from the North Coast. Three vineyards go into it. You're right. It has great crisp acidity. Yeah. Um, it's not screaming bright, which um, I don't always enjoy in some of my Sauvignon Blancs. And uh, there's just a touch of green note on, on the, yeah. the palate, but you've got some tropical flavors too, which sort of reflects some of that heat that and the warmth that you get there. The leaves give you some texture and a little bit of creaminess. And I like that the finish, it gives it some complexity. Um, what does this wine run on this uh, lovely, uh, what did you say, sip it on the porch, pound it on Pat the porch? Uh, patio pounder. Patio pounder on a, with a screw top. That's exactly yeah, yeah, what it is. Yeah. I mean, you could uh, uh, find this wine for $13. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's a steal. Yeah, it's a pretty good price. And, uh, wow, 13 bucks. Yeah. I, it's great temp- great temperature, too. Cause you can. It's not The acidity is not so high that if you chill it so hard, too, yeah, too cold, you, it gets too... Right, exactly. You can almost, I mean, I hate to say it, beer cold. You yeah. can have this uh, with a little bit of a chill on it. Uh-huh. And if you open up any refrigerator of any one of my family members, two or three bottles of this come rolling out. <laughs> we, uh, we enjoy this wine. Uh, wonderful. Well, I have the pleasure of speaking with Chris Benziger of the Sonoma Family Winery, Benziger. You can check him out at benziger.com. This 2012 Sauvignon Blanc is delicious, and at 13 bucks, it's a steal. Uh, I imagine it's available at most uh, uh, larger retail stores and groceries and um, around uh, town. You know what? We're, 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 we don't have uh, incredible distribution here. We're, we're not that big of a winery, so... Um, Hopefully you'll find it at, at uh, Whole Foods or, or PCC. Great. I think that's the store up here. Yeah, love yeah. PCC. Yeah. Uh, our friend Jeff Cox has been on the show. Well, uh, we're going to take a break, and coming up after this break, we're going to dive into some of Benziger's red wines. I've got the uh, 2013 Sonoma Coast Pinot Noir and uh, their uh, namesake Tribute Wine, which is a beautiful red wine. It's a 2011 vintage. Uh, coming up on the show, too, we have uh, longtime Seattle chef Don Curtis who is uh, the chef of Volterra and Ballard and Volterra and Kirkland, coming up on Happy Hour Radio. The home of the great one, Mark Levin. Weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m., Talk Radio 570, KVI. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Time for another round of Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. 
Hey, welcome back to Happy Hour Radio, and I have another Chris in the studio, Christopher Benziger with Benziger Family Winery in Sonoma, and uh, just enjoyed the 2012 Sauvignon Blanc. For 13 bucks, it's a steal, but uh, I know 12 um, is still on the shelf. When's the 13 coming out? It's 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 out right now. It's, oh. uh, it's kind of in transit in the warehouse, as they say, so uh, it could be on the shelves right now, too. We're kind of in that crossover time. Okay. Well, I imagine it's pretty consistent, because you can pick your vineyards, your three vineyards. Well, and- you got three great vintages 12 yeah. 13 14 it's uh rock star vintages right there all right well i'm enjoying it 13 bucks you can be a rock star too well let's jump into some red wine i've got uh, the 2013 sonoma coast pinot noir you've been making pinot from the get-go or yeah um we've been big pinot fans i mean and if you put, go back in the Wayback machine um my grandfather went over right after world war ii on the queen mary to to find some pinot vineyards to bring back to the east coast to sell so it's always been in my blood, or my family's blood. We actually had property in Oregon for most of the 90s, but you can't be an absentee grower with Pinot. It requires too much attention. You know, it's the heartbreak grape, right? So um, we sold that property and bought property on the Sonoma Coast. This is outside the town of Freestone and in uh, Green Valley. There's, again, two big vineyards here. Uh, I mean, big, they're not big, but they're great vineyards. One's called Bella Luna in Green Valley above Occidental, and the other is what we call Di Coelho above the town of Freestone. Both are on that incredible, what they call the Wilson Grove Formation, which is this ancient shallow sea off the coast of Sonoma uh, three million years ago, and through plate tectonics, it kind of pushed it up, and it flows over the top of the coastal mountain ranges out there. The locals call it the Gold Ridge Soil Series. Oh, right, Gold Ridge, and, uh, yeah. and the Gold Ridge Soils are awesome. Old sandstone, uh, seabed. Well, a lot of Pinot Noirs from those gold rich soils. Exactly. I remember talking to uh, some uh, great producers. And- if you get that soil within about eight miles of the ocean with that maritime influence, you are talking the sweet spot. As long as you have the right exposure, you can get ripe because it can get kind of cold out there. But we got good exposures here. Um, these are incredible vineyards. So happy with this wine. And this is not your big blown out cherry bomb uh Russian River Pinot Noir. This is a, a fairly, I think, sophisticated Pinot. It's got a little bit of that Burgundian funk, you know, that kind of sous-bois kind of character to it. Um, the fruit is ripe, but it's uh, relatively yeah. restrained. Um, there's a certain hint of brightness here, um, and just a touch of that bramble note where you get that sous-bois, that, yeah, that, yeah. that stem or the, the little leaf. Yeah, little little le- le- kind of some, some leather notes in there, too, that kind of uh, kind of interesting. Um these uh, the vineyard is kind of looks like a basically is like a long finger, um, and it sits about nine hundred feet, um, and we have about four big blocks from that, and this is a blend of that, and then the Bella Luna vineyard, which is about nine acres and fairly flat, about uh, two miles more inland. And you mentioned Mike, your brother is the winemaker. Yes. And yeah. he produces all the wines. He produces all the wines. Yes, oh, he does. that's great. Yeah. Well, uh, the 2013 Pinot Noir, uh, soft, bright, um, very, very soft and integrated tannin. I get just a touch of new oak on this wine. I mean, it, just... it has some new oak. You got it. Um, yeah. So with this is a, a great call there. We bring it in. Th- this is all night harvest, which is critical with Pinot Noir because it's such a, a difficult grape. We bring it back. We, it goes through a Palanque optical sorter, so we're getting all the. Is that a name brand? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an incredible piece of machinery. It literally takes a photograph of every grape, so you're getting grape by grape sorting with Pinot Noir. It's critical, and then we take that, we put it in open top fermenters. One of the great things about biodynamics on our properties, we have our own natural yeast strains swimming around because we haven't killed them, and so this ferments with natural yeast. Wow! Then we press it off, and it goes into those beautiful D and G Burgundian barrels. That are super costly, but D and G stands for. I can't. 
speak French. Domain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Winery. It's uh, I think it's a dart. Uh, dart. I can't. Think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's his French. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I took German. Well, let's talk about those open top fermenters. Are those wood or cement? No, they're uh, they're they're stainless steel. Stainless steel. They're two ton fermenters. Okay. They they're um they're uh they have refrigerate. Well, they have temperature yeah, controls on it. control. Right. And um, what's cool is you kind of sit it out there and we'll start a fermentation. And it, we can get anywhere. One year we had seven yeast strains. The next year we had thirteen. So anywhere in between that. You have a lab right on site. Lab right there. Ah, We're counting, counting okay. the yeasts, how they're swimming around in there, and um, it's really interesting. It'll take about maybe twenty six days on average for it to finish to dryness, and then we'll press that off, and and it'll go to about eight months in barrel. Well, this is a really delicious uh, wine. It's great aperitif wine, but uh, just complex enough to offer something as a foil yeah. for great food. Salmon. And, I mean, you guys do salmon so perfect up here. Had we to say do. it. Yeah. We do do salmon. Well, tell us what this uh, 2013 Sonoma Coast Pinot Noir would run. Uh, between 25 and 30 bucks. Oh, that's a solid deal. It It, it, it is because, you know, a good cheap Pinot is like a unicorn. The rumor, you know, they don't really exist. You know, you're not going to find pinots that are good. Uh, and maybe I'm speaking out of school here, but a pinot under ten bucks—that's really you're not going to find that. So twenty dollars is about when you start getting into the zone of, of I think good. This is something pinos. I want to drink, yeah. and I, you know, otherwise if I didn't want to talk about it, I wouldn't be talking. Yeah, yeah. About it. Well, let's uh, let's move on to the tribute wine, which I remember I purchased some from my previous gig, and I, I never had a chance to open it, and I always wanted to open it, but uh, sometimes you fight with yourself about being the director of wine, what you can and cannot do. And now looking back, <laughs> uh, so tell me about the 2011 tribute. So uh, tribute is off our state property. It's a tribute to my mom and dad. Um, this is a classic Bordeaux blend. Now, 11 was a tough vintage. Um, it was a very, very cold year. Um, so particularly with a big you know, Bordeaux variety grapes, we didn't get those high fruit notes. But one thing that we, we fought really hard is that pyrazine, that green peppery flavor that we didn't get in this wine, which I'm very, very proud of. We fought that real hard in the vineyards to cull those unripe flavors out of this particular blend. It's Cabernet. Cabernet Franc and Petit Verdot. Normally, we have all five Bordeaux players in this wine, um, but it's a it's a good expression of Sonoma Mountain. It's a it's a finesse wine. You know, it's it's a, it's not one of those gigantic blockbuster Napa cabs. You know, Cab is king over in Napa, and I understand that. But this is a nice finesse. Um, Bordeaux blend. This surprises me for 2011, and I'm well aware of the vintage uh, uh, conditions there. And uh, this wine has a certain softness to it. Uh, the fruit is is generously ripe, yep. but not overripe. So you didn't have to uh, correct it or add any balanced acid to it, which I, I always appreciate. And I know how the wine world works, but yep. um, great flavors, just enough green notes to make it interesting and give you some real varietal character. Hey, you get the dried herb, maybe a little olive in there. Um, some uh, you always get a little bit of chocolate in this particular vineyard, that's kind of nice. And that chocolate, you know, is either a baker's chocolate on a vintage like eleven to more of a you know a Nestle's uh, semi-sweet chocolate like you may get in twelve, which is a little bit riper. Um, and then you get a lot of cherry notes here, more of a sour cherry, kind of like a like um, well those old like uh, Keller and Bowder's Bowser. Uh, uh, cherry candies used to get uh, when you were a kid. No, we're dating ourselves. Yeah, now. yeah. Sorry. Let's not go there. But the tribute, uh, delicious 2011 is a current vintage. What's the cost here? 
so that's going to be on the wine list about a hundred bucks. Mm, well, There's not it, a lot of retail on this one. I'm surprised how approachable it is right now, and I'm very yeah. impressed. That's yeah. good. Uh, that's good vineyards, and you know, even a challenging vineyard, if you've got a excuse me, a challenging Ching vintage, vintage yeah. a great vineyard will always prove to produce a great wine. Yes, you have to uh, you have to walk your vineyard and and uh, and maybe not produce overproduce. That's always the challenge, you know, because it's a it's that. Uh, economic game you play with yourself well christopher benziger such a pleasure to, to meet you and thank you for sharing your wines here on happy hour radio it was a blast thanks a lot hey come and visit i will we we'll will and everyone's invited we'll have a big party down there we'll right. uh, bark at the moon and it's uh like you said it's benziger.com it's a uh, zig one n don't zing zig <laughs> zig got it don't zag you mean right <laughs> wonderful well chris benziger such a treat thank you again and coming up on the show i've got don curtis want to say welcome to happy hour Thank you for having me. Hey, so let's talk about um, a little bit of your culinary history. How'd you get started? Uh, well, I started uh, way back when I was 19. I worked for Hotel Sofitel in numerous places up until I got to Seattle. And in Seattle, I started out at Al Bocalino. I was a chef down there with uh, Kenny Rader in early 90s. And I remember that restaurant. Where was that again? It's down in First and Yesler. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, or, or south of, or west of First and Yesler, uh-huh. I guess. But uh-huh. uh, um, then I opened up Andaluca in the Mayflower. And I went place. over to work with Maro at Asaja for a while. Yeah. Um, then went to open Prego for their uh, new... The uh, Madison, the Renaissance the Hotel. Madison Renaissance, the top yeah. there, yeah. And then uh, worked at Il Fernayo and then traveled to Europe for a while and then opened Volterra with Michelle. That's great. So Volterra is a signature restaurant in Ballard. You have another location in Kirkland. Uh, yeah. And uh, the idea behind Volterra was, one, to, to command your own ship, so to speak? Well, it was something to command our own ship, and it was, uh, you know, trying to kind of culminate everything I've learned over a career, you know, and kind of put my favorites out there and just uh, continue to to do it. Well, I'm really excited because uh, I know that you've made great food for the neighborhood because neighborhood places, especially whether you're in West Seattle or Ballard or Capitol Hill, I mean, all these spots are residential areas, and you have to have a strong uh, sense of community, meaning that you're going to give them great value, um, quality food, good portions, and things like that to keep them coming back because that's really the bread and butter. But at the same time, uh, you've been around, you've got great culinary chops, so you're a destination place. Well, we ha- we basically when we first went came to Ballard, we were uh, pretty much the only uh, you know finer dining restaurant in the neighborhood. And since then, you know, we became a destination place. And since then, you know, the place has just exploded with all these uh, bars, restaurants, breweries, the whole thing. So it's a real it's a real fun place to be right now. I love this. Speaking with Chef Don Curtis of Volterra and uh, a great culinary past. Uh, and we come back from this break, we're going to chat more about uh, Happy Hour at Volterra in Kirkland and Happy Hour at Volterra in Ballard. So stick around. Um, coming up on the show, we've got Don Curtis. He's the chef of Volterra. He here on Happy Hour Radio. Breaking down the big stories. Len Beck, weekdays 9 to noon on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Now more KVI Want to Know Weekends. Back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. Hey, and welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. It is March. That means it's uh, Washington Wine Month. And if you want to get your Washington wine... Oh, and you got to head down to Taste Washington. It's uh, March 28th and 29th. The Grand Tasting is at uh, CenturyLink Field. 
Um, tickets are about 90 bucks. So you get the VIP pass, uh, good for both days. I, I recommend it. It's a, a chance to meet uh, all of our friends uh, in Chelan and Yakima and Prosser and Walla Walla and, uh, well, the peninsula. And, well, it's 230 Washington wineries, great cideries, breweries, and, of course, great food. And speaking of great food, I've got Chef Don Curtis right here. So, Chef, we were chatting about uh, your battle location t- and that you wanted to command your own ship. You've got uh, this great menu. Let's talk about the menu at Volterra. Well, some of our, our signature items we have in the appetizer section, actually, the one that's on the happy hour menu is the, the polenta with wild mushrooms. So that's a polenta that's just, uh, it's a polenta custard basically stuffed with a little chunk of fontina cheese and covered with a mild or wild mushroom ragu with the, with the truffle oil. Ah. Well, let me see. It says, it says polenta and wild mushrooms. Fontina-filled polenta custard with a truffle-scented wild mushroom ragu. That sounds fantastic. Very de- filling, but delicious, and um, all that. Yeah, it's one of the ones that we've uh, been very successful with. Also, one of the entrees is the wild boar tenderloin with a cassis gorgonzola and mustard sauce. That is unfortunately not on happy hour, but we offer that both for lunch and dinner. Ah. And, I mean, we pretty much changed the the face of the boar industry when we started that back about 10 years ago. Um, Literally ran out of tenderloins in the country the first uh, summer. And uh, we realized that uh, substituting the backstrap chops are not even close to the same, so we just don't make it unless we can get the tenderloins, but plenty available now. Very cool. So uh, uh, you said a cassis, mustard, and... Uh, gorgonzola. Gorgonzola. Wow, that sounds rich and decadent. And yeah, but, very uh, rich. How do you get the cassis in there? Uh, well, is that creme de cassis? Or creme de cassis, uh-huh. yeah. I kind of like the flavor of the sweetness, and I Just do have a, a huge French background because I was trained at Hotel Sofitel for uh, for many years. So it's uh, I was a saucier there, so I, I kind of like sauces uh. myself. So things that taste good, I keep kind of with me. And, uh, awesome. Well, I love that you get the sweet, you get the savory, and a little salty with the gorgonzola. Exactly. Mmm, sounds delicious. And wild boar, I think... Uh, People used to be afraid of wild boar because I think they got the wrong cut. But the tenderloin, you can't go wrong, right? Well, I don't, I don't know that you could really discern that it's actually wild boar unless you eat it, you know, eat it raw. And it tastes like a rich pork, uh-huh. you know. Um, and we do have wild another version of the wild boar, which is the the sliders, which is a ragu that we have like, uh, you know, the cinnamon, nutmeg, you know, aromatic seasonings in there that uh, make a great ragu. And we use them as uh, sliders on the on the happy hour menu. Well, you so Voltaire and Ballard serves lunch and dinner, and you've got this great happy hour. And happy hour runs what it says here is noon to six. Noon to six, and when we open Kirkland. And we, we, we had to open for lunch. We, we were not really familiar with lunch, so we figured, well, let's just make it happy hour from 12 to 6 in the bar. And when we decided to open for lunch for Ballard just recently, we said, well, we're just going to have the same hours. And I think it really would, I thought it would really do well, and it seems to have done quite well, actually. The afternoon is very full with the happy hour people. So, Well, we love happy hour. Happy hour used to be at 11 a.m. on Saturdays, and now we're, <laughs> we've moved to a more civilized drinking hour to 6 p.m. And I uh, thank everyone who's listening. But you have happy hour Monday through Friday, noon to 6 p.m., and then uh, get a great late Saturday or Sunday from 3 to 6 in the bar. Signature cocktails are five bucks um you've got some drafts for four dollars and i love the appetizers you've got steamed mussels and clams the pan seared scallop uh broccoli for those who uh want to feel good about uh, (laughs) it's a little spicy on that one it's a roman classic roman style yeah with garlic red chilies and lemon zest picorino romano cheese and extra virgin olive oil i mean i love the simplicity of these with the great complexity of ingredients 
Well, I think that, you know, Italian food, five ingredients maximum, I would say, four to five, too much is too much, you know, so I think we basically get the best ingredients that we possibly can get and let them speak for themselves in a very simple presentation that, you know, enhances their flavor. You were mentioning the sliders. Um, I see it reads here, Durham Ranch Elk Ragu. Yeah, we're, we just got some elk in, and we're, it's gonna, this is going to go live tomorrow. So we're making that ragu today. Um, it's going to be a similar profile to the to the boar ragu, um, but it's something that uh, you know I've requested. I've tried. You know, I'm a hunter myself, and I, I've uh, I'd like to uh, you know work with uh, wild game and venison and, and elk. So we're just uh, we're going to take our turn with the elk. The, the sliders will rotate between boar, elk. Uh, let's see what what do we do? Uh, a lamb ragu sometimes for that also. Uh, I love it. And uh, Chef Don Curtis of Volterra, you're a hunter. Now, if you order the uh, the elk cheeks, do you get the horns, too? Do you get the whole head? No, no, no. We did that. Well, we, we, we get the, the Denver legs. They're farm-raised. Oh, see. Yeah. I love that. And um, you also have a dessert happy hour. We do, on Fridays and Saturday nights at uh, 9 o'clock. And we offer all of our desserts at a discounted price and some, uh, you know, flights of grappa, flights of dessert wines, Um Different cocktails, same cocktails, I think, that are most of the same cocktails are on the other happy hour, and the beers, I believe. Um, this is great. I think we've um, happy hour is really an elevation of that small plates or the vice versa, uh, but it's about sharing food. You've got great, great dishes here with the, uh, the lamb meatballs. That's something you could share, uh, the roasted fingerling potatoes. So you can really build a menu together and um, with some friends. And I think it's great conversation. Enjoy some cocktails, some good wine, and then even with dessert. I love this. So here's what's for dessert. We've got tiramisu. Now, tell you have an Italian background too, because tiramisu, I mean, you, to do it right, it takes time. It does. Yeah. Actually, we, you know, um, my mother's Sicilian, so that's uh, it starts there. But then, and actually, from right outside of Marsala, so you know, she, we've taken our share with quite a bit of Marsala uh, cooking at home. Um, but we do a, a great uh, tiramisu. We have uh, it's a recipe that we use the the Italian Galbani mascarpone, and you know, the lady fingers with the brandy and Marsala and the, and the coffee and. Yeah, you got to come and try it out because it really is a special uh, version of the tiramisu. Well, this is a, a treat because uh, you've got this dessert happy hour. It's six bucks for tiramisu, uh, the lemon mascarpone custard. I love the richness of that cheese, but it's also light. Mascarpone is is rich and light, same way. Well, we in the tiramisu, yeah, it's it's kind of the base that is mixed then with the, the like whipped cream, basically, so it lightens it up just a little bit. But I'd say that our normal size portion could serve a couple of people easily. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Then I'm definitely ordering one for myself. Um, we also have Panforte di Siena and Vincenzo. Tell me about this. Well, Panforte is the the re- the recipe we make is the one from uh, the. The 10th century nuns of Siena. Basically, they carried it with the uh, the knights because it would never, it wouldn't. You know, they had a long shelf life in the in the protein and and fruits, basically. And we make that and, and pair it with Vinsanto. So you have a little wedge of the of, a, of more like a fruit cake, but it they taste a little different. You know, there's some white pepper in there, some interesting seasonings. In a lot there. of butter in that. A little bit, okay. but m- mostly honey, honey and sugar, just a little bit of butter. And I'm thinking panettone. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that panettone is the Christmas bread. Um, but panforte. Panforte, yeah, that's a, um, again, it's a very nice combination. Strong bread. 
Exactly. And exactly. that's why it, so it would fortify you for the, the day because you'd had fruits and nuts and uh, lots of sugar to give you strength and energy throughout the day. So you pair that with Vincento. This is great. This is high, high-end high culinary delights with uh, um, real house-made Tuscan fruit and nut bread, the pan forte. Absolutely. Yeah, I have a... We make yeah we we make them every every couple couple weeks or so they last a pretty good time and uh, you know they sell here and there you know it's, you got to have an acquired taste for it it's some selling people fruitcake is uh, if you can do it good luck you know? <laughs> well, like the Vincento that's sort of uh, that gives you something to swallow um, speaking with Chef Don Curtis of Volterra in Ballard and Volterra in Kirkland and uh, tell me about the Kirkland um, where is it in Kirkland oh well, right. Let's see, we're on Kirkland Avenue. It's 121 Kirkland Avenue. It's right across from the Central Club um, directly. And we opened there about two and a half years ago, September of 2012. Um, had great success over there. Uh, it's a it's a great uh, downtown location. You know, I think the parking might be just a tad better than Ballard, but not a whole <laughs> lot, I guess. I don't know. People might be used to so it parking a little tough. bit. It is but tough. worth it. That's the destination place. So you've got happy hour in Kirkland from uh, noon to 6, Monday through Friday, and from 3 to 6 on the weekends? I believe it's 12 to 6 on the weekends over oh, there. Oh, right. It's yeah, uh, yeah, roll so out it's of bed and roll long, into yeah. the bar. <laughs> exactly. So fun. Um, and is the same menu said for the happy hour? You've got the same dishes, the pan-seared scallop and the lamb meatballs? Uh, we do, we do, yeah, and, and we change it. Like we, I have a different sous chef over there, Nick Stein, and he does some changes. Uh, you know, it's a it's a moving target the the um, happy hour menu. So it's been quite the same over there for a little while now. We kind of just did a, re- a big revamp on Monday, and this one will be going into effect very shortly. Excellent. Well, it looks delicious, and uh, excited to be speaking with Chef Don Curtis and uh, learning more about your happy hour. One of the things, we are happy hour radio, and we've had the pleasure of uh, talking about lots of uh, libations, but we haven't. You're really the first one that's come and talk about a real happy hour. It's about time. I guess it took us a year to figure that out, but uh, when we come back from this break, we're going to um, chat more with Chef Don Curtis of Volterra and Ballard in the restaurant Volterra on Kirkland Avenue in the great city of Kirkland. And if you want to... Uh, are you doing Taste Washington by chance? you Are going to be out there at that event? Actually, we're going to be uh, guests at the event. We're not actually in the event. Oh, great. Well, that's fun. So uh, I invite everyone to get their tickets to Taste Washington. It's March 28th and 29th. Uh, TasteWashington.org or check out Visit Seattle. Um, it's a must-do event. It only happens once a year, so you better get down to CenturyLink. Uh, so stick around. We'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio. Lars Larson has the real story. Weekdays, 6 to 9 p.m., only on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Talk Radio 570 KVI Want to Know Weekends continue. Now, back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. So excited to have Chef Don Curtis, the founder, owner, uh, chef de cuisine, executive chef of Volterra in Ballard and the restaurant Volterra in Kirkland. And uh, Chef, looking at, um, you got a great PR person, by the way, and uh, that's how we got connected. And I'm excited about that because I'm looking at your awards and recognition. Um, you've been named Best New Restaurant in Kirkland uh, when you opened that restaurant up in 2013, uh, though you started in 2012. 20- 2012, but 2013, you got the best new restaurant by 425 Magazine. Um, you've been the ultimate taste of the town on the east side. What's that about? Well, that's an event that they do at the museum once a year. Um, the East Side Business Association puts it on. There's, I believe, the 10, uh, you get 
10 restaurants get nominated, and then you go to the event, and they vote at the event on who has the best uh, appetizer or whatever category that you're in. Ah, and I'm also seeing that you've got uh, a little time with Rachel Ray, who, uh, she was my TV sweetheart. <laughs> yeah, well, Rachel Ray, uh, she came twice to the to the restaurant, did a, did a segment on us, once with the boar, and then, you know, she we were married in Volterra, that's why we named the restaurant Volterra, and she was married in Montalcino, so it's like we have kind of a connection there. And then she came the first time, and then she came back again to do when she had her talk show, so it was... Uh, she she really likes our fennel salt also. <laughs> oh, I love that. And looking at this, that you've actually provided some of your uh, culinary creations. This particular is the fennel salt. Um, how did you get that out to Hollywood? Well, we were at the San Francisco Food Show, and Nancy Borgnine, who's uh, who handles a lot of these uh, the gift rooms for the for the stars when they do these events, um, she had had met us and saw us and thought that we'd be a great placement, and we. Uh, we joined in, and we were down there for like four years and handing it out in the, in the gift bags for the Oscars, so that was pretty fun. Well, I'm excited to get my uh, Hollywood celebrity gift as well, so now I'm feeling like uh, I belong <laughs> in the same room as the Borgnines. Uh, this is a fennel salt. Tell me how you put this together. Well, we, we mix uh, some toasted fennel, uh, fennel pollen, um, kosher salt, sea salt, orange zest, um, and a few other herbs that I can't remember exactly. That's <laughs> secret proprietary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Colonel Sanders got the. Yeah, <laughs> this yeah. smells delicious. I love it. I'm well, excited about a little licorice, but you get a citrus note and obviously that salty herbaceousness. Yeah, and it, it goes really well on. We put it on our hash browns. So if you've eaten our hash browns over the last ten years, that's what's making them taste good. Uh, we put it on our tables with olive oil, and this the, the reason we. we developed it as a, t- a table salt, um, and we serve it with the olive oil and the bread. Um, it's great on potatoes. It's great on just about everything, but really good on shrimp, really good on pizza. I actually, when we first made it, you know, when I first started eating it, it was a, it was a seasoning that we had for the outside of the, the smoky beef carpaccio at Andaluca, and I put it on every single thing that I ate, and I'm finally like, make this into a seasoning. This is really good. Awesome. You know, so That's... Michelle and I came and put it together one night in my apartment down at Castle Apartments down there on 2nd Avenue, and uh, the rest is history. Well, uh, someday you'll have a stand at Pike Place Market, I'm sure, as well, when you've got this great stuff. Fennel salt at Volterra. So, uh, Chef Don Curtis, um, if we had one dish to try at your restaurant, you want me to get down there, what would you like me to try? If you had one, if you haven't tried the boar, you have to try the chicken. Okay, the chicken that we serve is a half organic Northwest chicken, and we marinate it in some herbs and olive oil, but then we cook it in a, in a cast iron pan, skin side down from raw till it's finished. So it's super crispy, and then we make kind of an herb uh, butter sauce, white wine and butter sauce over the top of that and serve it with the mashed potatoes and the vegetables. And, you know, it seems, you know, fairly, when you look at it, it seems mundane, but when you eat it, you'll eat it every time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that and some great white burgundy or Washington rosé or, shoot, any great wine in your glass, because uh, Chicken can be sublime, and I think um, that's really a testament. If you can do a great chicken dish, people overlook chicken, but sometimes it just hits all the bells and whistles, hits all the buttons for that comfort food, the salty, the crispy, and then, you know, it's good for the kids, right? The kids will eat crispy chicken. Kids will eat crispy chicken, you know, and every chef, when they make a menu, they well, the reason we pretty much for, uh, first put this on there, you have a lot of exotic things on the menu, and you think, well, what's grandma going to eat when she comes out? So this is this is good enough for grandma, too. 
Well, uh, the French made chicken famous <laughs> with their poulet, and uh, you've got a, it sounds like a great crispy chicken. Well, Chef Don Curtis, it's been a pleasure. Uh, we certainly want to join you for happy hour at Volterra and Ballard and Volterra in Kirkland, Monday through Friday, noon to 6. Let's just get our drink on, and, and these great dishes, the pan-seared scallop, the broccoli, the meatballs, the cheese plate, sounds delicious. Thanks for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Well, thank you very much for having me. Well, uh, folks, uh, had a great time with Chris Benziger of... Uh, Benziger Winery in Sonoma, and of course uh, Chef Don Curtis, who is at Volterra in Ballard, and he's he's probably at Volterra in Kirkland, half and half. Uh, you can make that commute, no problem. But if you want to get uh, uh, some education on Washington wine, now's your chance. It is March. It is Washington Wine Month, and we are uh, hosting Taste Washington. And I'll say we, I'll be there. I'll be pouring coral wine. So come on by. We have coral wines. Uh, we're actually the first table when you walk in the door. So come look for me, your host of Happy Hour Radio, Christopher Chan, pouring coral wines this, uh, well, the end of the month at Taste Washington, March 28th and 29th. Tickets available at tastewashington.org. I want to thank all my guests, as always. Next week, we've got Aldo Vaca, the uh, general manager of a cooperative in Barbaresco in the Piedmont region in Italy, uh, the Puditore del Barbaresco. So join me for Aldo Vaca. I talk about the great wines of Piedmont. And remember, folks, life is always better with a designated driver. Cheers.